0: Hello, and welcome to Bubby Brister's Brunch Buddies, your go-to show for football history, analysis, and general sports information on the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Harry Gollum, here with Andrew Pearson. Hello, folks. And today, Andrew and I are going to be covering the matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. Additionally, high success rates, two-minute drills, and one-score games in my NFL, it's more likely than you think we'll also take a take a gander at ranking NFL QBs. It's more of a mix and match episode than normal. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. First, let's dive into the matchup. So, we have the Saints and the Seahawks. And Andrew, would you believe me if I told you that it was tied all time?
1: I would I would de- are you including playoffs? Yes. Then yes, it's going to be even and I know the game that you're going to talk about and the Seahawks fans are going to I'm duel. not You're not going to talk about it. i not.
0: I know. I know. I thought about it, and I'm like, no. It's too obvious. It's too obvious, but I will mention it. We'll talk about it a little bit. But not like, I didn't do it. I didn't do a comprehensive review. Sorry, Beastquake game. Not going to get the loving treatment, because everyone knows about it.
1: All you need to know is, yeah, it was was a Beastquake game.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, the purpose of the show is to dig up obscure games from the 70s or 80s. You know? Yeah. Beastquake isn't obscure. So, Yeah it'd be like if we were doing the patriots and the raiders one week and i did the tuck rule game like everyone knows that game you know yeah so anyway yeah so the series is actually tied at 8 all though the seahawks have beaten the saints in their only two playoff meetings so is it really tied when the seahawks always win when it matters i don't know that's that's to be that's up that's <laughs> to be decided by someone else but our first game well would you believe me if I told you that Jim Zorn out Archie Manning?
1: It would surprise me, though. I do like Jim
0: Zorn. Yeah, I think we all like Jim Zorn here. But I'm not pulling a fast one on you, Andrew. Archie played well. Zorn was just that good this game. Ooh, okay.
1: So this would have been late 70s, early 80s, right? Yes, yes. Okay. This was,
0: I believe, 79. Okay. Uh, so first quarter, Archie runs for a touchdown from four yards out. Zorn responds with a 51-yard bomb to tie the game. Oh, my right. gosh. Jim Zorn was just in uh, sicko mode, as the kids say. <laughs> Second quarter, the two QBs trade touchdown passes, but Seattle gets a field goal and a rushing touchdown to give them a solid 24-14 to lead heading into half. So then the offense goes, offenses go silent in the third quarter with the exception of a Saints field goal to make it a one-score game. But... Ah. Uh, how do I say this? Archie Manning drives New Orleans down the field and sets up a short touchdown run. Right? He's doing good. Great mm-hmm. game from Archie. Jim Zorn responds by finding Steve Largent for his for a second time in the end zone and then a short toss to Brian Peets for good measure, burying the Saints and giving the Seahawks the 38-24 to win.
1: You mean Kansas Congressman Steve Largent? Is he really? No, he, he became an actual congressman.
0: Did he? Yeah, well, I didn't know that. I don't. I, just I don't. Was I do receiver I
1: don't. I don't know if he. Um, I forget if if it was like Kansas or or Nebraska or something, but he he actually did become a Republican congressman. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, so let me make this clear. Jim Zorn threw for three hundred and eighty four yards, four touchdowns, no picks, passer rating of one hundred and fifty point eight. This is in the late seventies, folks. This is ain't era of football. Well, yeah, we'll get into the Aints, but that's, okay, that Jim Zorn game, 384 yards, four TDs, no picks, 150.8 pass rating, mm-hmm. that would be player of the week material today, and he did it in 79.
1: That is very impressive. Probably when this is,
0: one of Jim Zorn's best games, without a doubt. That's just insane. I mean, I don't know, man. If Jim Zorn was like, seen as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time people would talk about this game a lot more because it's a really impressive effort Mm -hmm. but Archie Manning wasn't bad a touchdown no picks passer rating 117.5 but you know Archie did get the last laugh of being a legend so I doubt he loses sleep over the Jim Zorn game but let's talk a little bit more about Archie because Archie uh he had it rough the Saints might have been called the Saints but Archie, he was more of a martyr, actually. He, so, let, let me just go over some Archie stories, right? In his Saints career, he was sacked over 330 times. Over how so, many years?
1: Over how many years?
0: Uh, That would have been eight till 82. I think that's like 11 years.
1: So, here, let me do some quick maths. So, 330 divided by 11 years, that is at least 30 sacks a year. Yeah. Which is uh not Bad. good. Not good.
0: And it was so bad that opposing linemen, specifically that the story most comes up with Jack Youngblood, but it's mentioned that other guys did this too. They would just go easy on him because he was that poorly protected by his offensive line. Oh my gosh. How would they even go easy on him? They like, first of all, they helped him up. But second of all, by the time they were on their like fourth sack of the day, they would like not lean into it, you know? (laughs) Because it's just not good. But- he won NFC Player of the Year from UPI, United Press International, in 1978. Guess what the Saints' record was that year?
1: Um, was it was this during the 16-game schedule era, or is
0: it less? It's 15 game, yeah.
1: Uh, probably like um, three and 13, if even. Okay,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> okay, calm down, Andrew. This is like the pinnacle of his Saints tenure for team success. No,
1: this is still Aints era football, right?
0: Yeah, but this is his best year for team success with the Saints. This is like the peak of Archie Manning winning team football with the Saints.
1: Okay, so like seven and nine?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. He won player of the year honors from a press agency for a seven and nine (laughs) season. I mean, you just feel bad for the guy. He never he went he retired, never having gone to the playoffs or even playing on a winning team. That's how bad the Saints were, folks. For Seattle sports fans like myself, he basically had Felix Hernandez's career, but somehow even worse. Because at least Felix, he, had, he was on some winning teams, you know? Mm-hmm. He got close, like 2014 and 2016. So, I don't know what to say. This was really bad. So, let's flash forward to 1997. Seahawks are 6-4 and four, with Warren Moon under center they're facing off against the three and seven saints quarterback by heath shuler nobody scores in the first quarter because you know why would they Andrew. <laughs> in the second quarter whoa the offense explodes todd peterson kicks a field goal and darrell williams has a pick six which gives seattle a 10 nothing lead but with less than a minute before halftime saints get a touchdown make it 10 to 7 in the third quarter The offenses don't score at all. This is the second quarter in the entire game where (laughs) they don't score. (laughs) So in the fourth, Ray Zellers broke the plane for the second time in the game to put the Saints up 14 to 10, and a field goal gave them a full seven-point lead. With his back against the wall, Moon drives down the field late and gets a 34-yard touchdown pass to send it to overtime. What a, what a what an exciting. undeserving game to go to overtime. Yeah, but the reason I bring this up is because Andrew, it's exciting, right? I mean, there's been the comebacks, right? Allegedly, so are you? <laughs> it's a close game, right? How do you think it went down in overtime?
1: Please tell me they tied. No, wait, no. You already revealed that they, they didn't, didn't tie. tie. No ties. They, they didn't
0: tie. It's even worse, Andrew. No, the don't tell me. Ends. Don't
1: t- don't tell me it was a safety.
0: No, it was not. I wish. No, that would be good and funny and interesting. The, the, the What is spectacular about this game is how terribly it ends. Not as an, oh, somebody made a terrible mistake, but as an, oh my God, how is it even possible for a game <laughs> to end like this? This is a terrible fall on the rules. It ends 17 seconds into overtime on a Saints field goal. That There's is it. 17 seconds left? No, 17 seconds in. As in, it's like 17 seconds from the start. Of the okay, I was
1: I was double checking with you because I could not
0: believe
1: that, that yeah. you actually meant that.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? They just kicked the field goal because it's ninety seven rules, you know. Well, what were the ninety seven rules? Wait, am I misremembering this? Nineteen ninety seven overtime NFL rules. You just have to kick the first points, right?
1: Yeah, this was this was back when sudden death yeah. first score wins, right?
0: So they just kicked a field goal.
1: Okay, but how did they, they just... how did they get into field goal range in 17 seconds? That's what my that's that's my question. So well I was
0: referring, so the boxers are a little limited from 97, but basically they just got the ball, threw downfield and kicked a field goal. That is awful. In 17 seconds. I can't believe that. Seventeen seconds. Imagine you like get up, right? You want to get some like snacks for the game, and then because... by the time you're back it's over. <laughs> yeah. Warren Moon's like, ah, I brought the team back, man. I just need some, just need one chance. <laughs> not even one chance. That's, uh,
1: that's terrible. Oh, mm. so
0: Andrew, yes, folks at home, they're dying to know how's it going to go down this week. So this
1: is actually one of the hardest games to 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 predict for the week, right? Because. Sure. Um, let's talk about the Saints first. Let's go with the Saints first. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these this group of Saints are so unapologetically themselves, and they just mm-hmm. the way they've been winning this year is been has been playing very sound, you know, death by a thousand paper cut, cut style football, and it's worked. It's worked to some extent. Uh, it's been a little inconsistent, mostly because of Jameis Winston being their quarterback but they have the potential to play up to competition right the, the Saints sure, are the sure. Saints
0: are not bums but then there's the Seahawks and they're like the anti Saints instead of being a loaded roster of meeting a quarterback they're a terrible roster with a great quarterback it's so weird because
1: gee obviously Russell Wilson's out now and he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks hopefully he'll be back in like a month or something and mm. the Seahawks better be better be saying their prayers right now that he gets back as as fast as possible because Geno Smith ain't it, okay? Geno Smith is Geno Smith. And you saw it it in the Pittsburgh game last week. The Seahawks have to play perfect in order to win with Geno Smith, all right? They need to have a consistent running game. The defense needs to step up. The defense needs to not allow that many points. Uh, the offense needs to keep the, needs to be ahead of the sticks. They need to do this. They need to do that. But here's the thing: they're not going to be playing the Steelers' offense every week. Okay, they're not going to be playing Ben Roethlisberger every week. He's mm-hmm. been one of the worst starting quarterbacks
0: in the league this year. Yeah, no longer merely at the bottom morally, he's decided to match <laughs> his play with his moral compass. <laughs> so. But,
1: but. Here, you know you can no longer take advantage of a terrible quarterback anymore because as much as we make fun of Jameis Winston, he's not awful, right? He's not terrible. He's awful at <clears throat> he's awful at times, but he's not completely awful. He has talent. So you're not going to be playing against Ben Roethlisberger anymore, right? And you're going to be playing against one of the best offensive lines in the league, which is the the main draw for the Saints this year on offense. Is there? amazing offensive line you're playing as one of the best offensive lines in the league your defensive line is squishy can't defend anything you just lost daryl daryl taylor for a couple of weeks uh off the heels of a really scary neck injury yeah so you just lost like one of your only edge rushers period and he wasn't even that good to begin with so wow so you have a ter. it's a terrible line matchup Right on both sides of the ball, by the way, because the defensive line for the Saints is still really good. So you're gonna you're gonna be losing up front on the line all game. The Saints defensive backs are really good. You have sure. Marshawn Lattimore is gonna be on DK Metcalf all game, okay. And the defensive backs just kind of it's not that they outclass the the Seahawks, but they can keep pace with them, and especially when Geno Smith is the quarterback. Well, what are you gonna do, right? Like Geno Smith is not gonna have a good game. This it, it is, he's going up against a tough defense that's going to be dominating the line of scrimmage. You no longer have Chris Carson either, by the way. So your run game is gonna be shot. It, it's in these situations that the Seahawks would rely on Russell Wilson to just talent their way out of the out of the problem, right? But Russ isn't on this team anymore. So you're done. Right? You have to play perfect. And we saw last week playing nearly perfect almost beat the Steelers, but the Steelers aren't good this year. So what happens when you go up against an above average team like the Saints? You're not going to win. I there's a world yeah. there there is a world where the Seahawks win this game. There's absolutely a world where the Seahawks win. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. But it is very improbable when Gina Smith is your quarterback.
0: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. So you're saying that the possibility of a famous Jameis return to form, return to uh, 2019 form, would that, would that give him the game? Would this be able to win if we got full famous Jameis turnovers?
1: Yes. Yes. But that would also involve Jamal Adams catching the ball. On a pick. He's the best in the nation.
0: (laughs) In the nation. In the nation, Andrew. What an embarrassment. I'm sorry, but like... No, no, no. Jamal Adams is supposed to be good.
1: No, here's the thing. Jamal Adams is pretty bad. But did you see DK Metcalf? Did you see his Twitter spat with Shannon Sharp?
0: (laughs) That's funny, though. Okay, like, (laughs) let me tell you something. Okay, that's funny. Yelling at a Hall of Famer, that's just... I mean, he's a diva. He's a wide receiver. They're
1: like... No, that, no, no. But like... No, no, no. The way he made fun of Shannon Sharp. Called him washed up. Called him washed up. Called him a little boy. All right? <laughs> you, you're done. You're done. You've lost all credibility. You have this clown out here with blue hair and dangling earrings, okay? You, and he's not even playing well. And he's looking up to looking at Shannon Sharp, arguably one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, calling him a little boy, washed up in garbage.
0: And and How say- can you both be a little boy and washed up though? Because washed up clearly implies old past your prime, but little boy implies young.
1: I think he meant little boy as in a diminutive. You no, know, I get what he it, meant,
0: but like just, just think about it for a moment, right? It doesn't even make sense, even if you believe everything he His own he says,
1: argument does not make sense, and all Shannon Sharp was saying is that, you know, he was he was saying, okay, DK and he, DK should be doing this, that, and the other thing in these situations because he's not doing that right now, and he could be a lot better if he did that, right? He was giving constructive criticism. Like, it was still criticism, but it was still relatively constructive criticism. And if that's your response to Shannon Sharp, <laughs> you're you're done. You're done. I don't want to hear from you anymore. You're a clown, okay? You're the new Slant Boy. You're the new Mac- Michael Thomas.
0: I wouldn't say that. I mean, slamp Boy, I'll admit. Say what you about Shannon Sharp and the whole spat. DK Metcalf didn't get nicknamed as hilariously as Michael Thomas. You just can't beat <laughs> Slamp Boy, you because know? Because it's so true. And it's so <laughs> funny um michael
1: Jen- michael jenkins didn't have didn't he-, he didn't deserve that michael jenkins didn't deserve that
0: malcolm jenkins you mean.
1: oh was it malcolm i'm sorry
0: it's malcolm jenkins and michael thomas yeah i can see how that yeah was. but or yeah malcolm. i agree with you clearly clearly saints are a better team they're gonna win this game but it'll be close because the seahawks don't play blowout games on either side of them Ever. you know they're they always gotta make it close but anyway Let's talk for a moment, real quick digression. So, an interesting new analysis came out, Andrew, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone likes late offense, right? Yes. Makes games exciting. But, according to two Washington Post columnists, it's gotten a little little weird. So, over the past two decades, NFL teams scored a little over 13% of the time. They got the ball with less than two minutes left in a one-score game. That sounds about right, about mm-hmm. 13% of the time, right? Yeah. So, this season, offenses have scored on almost 30% of drives. Mm-hmm. So nearly, that is a, it's nearly okay. a three-times increase.
1: Yeah, so that's actually really incredible. That's saying one-third of all teams who are getting the ball within two minutes of, in a one-score game in the last two minutes are going to score. Yes. Which does not happen. That is that is an anomaly. Now, did these bright-eyed uh, gentlemen at the Wapo uh, did they go ahead and uh, tell us why that might be happening?
0: So, first of all, I wanted to make one other note. Right, it's yeah. not just points; it's average yards per drive. Mind you, this is every drive after within two minutes in a one-score game. Mm-hmm. If you add all those drives up, and then you you know you basically find the mean. Twenty-two point seven—that's incredible. That means the average drive. That's accounting for every three and out of the of drives like this. Mm -hmm. They're still getting twenty-three yards. So that's pretty wild. Well, there's essentially two big reasons, though, right? That the article points to, and I would say I generally do One is that, simply put, we pass more. We build our offenses around passing a lot more. We have more passing place to go to. And those are what are conducive to getting a lot of yards and points quickly late in the game. When you have a big rushing offense, you just can't translate that reliably into successful two-minute drills, mm-hmm. you know? And that's just the the blunt truth is that passer ratings have been getting higher. We're averaging more yards per route. I mean, receivers are running deeper, quarterbacks are getting stronger and more accurate, and we're passing more. So obviously a two-minute drill which is very reliant on something like passing, is going to be a lot better off. The other thing is that, and this is this is an interesting observation mm-hmm. that they make. So you may remember when Chip Kelly first came into the NFL, right? Yeah. That whole hurry up thing. Remember that? Yeah. Remember when they, they, they ran no huddle like all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, for as much as that was widely and I think rightly mocked, there's one thing that's really notable, which is that the kind of up-tempo use of no huddle and other such kind of college football mm-hmm originating college football, at least, uh, planning has really proliferated in the NFL. Teams are more comfortable running at that higher tempo. So it's not so absurd to suggest that teams would run in a no huddle mm-hmm. in the two-minute drill. So they're more comfortable going very quickly.
1: I will also note that uh, I, was, I was actually thinking about this like when you told me this at the start of the show. My other, my other, the other thing I would note would be def- the way the rules have been applied to the defensive side of the football. Right. Yes, uh, and also defensive trends as well as offensive trends. So, for example, like you mentioned before, we pass more nowadays, and we also right. um, there's also a lot more RPOs nowadays. Run pass options, where you fake, where you can fake a run play and and throw the ball uh, at a spot, but also have the option to actually do the run play. Right. It, it's an evolution mm-hmm. of the play action right and and it's been it's been absolutely ridiculous um, and it's been abs- and it's been exploding over the past 3 years uh, so through the past 3 years specifically right cuz it get it gets defenses moving laterally and it and it really preys on linebackers who are typically not as athletic which is why for example you're seeing Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Isaiah Simmons uh, linebackers of that prototype that's why they're being popularized popularized now where there's kind of smaller more much more athletic linebackers that are much quicker in space and in zone coverage that that's kind of the evolution you're seeing there so that's sure. a, that's a note that's kind of how defenses are responding nowadays but with with rpos being incredibly efficient and being incredibly effective even in the current nfl um which the nfl just hasn't been able to fully catch up to yet or nfl defense hasn't haven't fully caught up to it yet um you, you have that you have the fact that we pass more and you also you have the fact that defensive trends have been changing as well there's right a, there's so much more zone coverage nowadays than there was 10 years ago man coverage is is becoming more and more and more of a niche thing like i i think i saw a statistic on the ravens a couple a year or two ago and i think they ran the most man coverage uh, in that in that league year, and they only ran it, and they still ran zone coverage like fifty five percent of the time. Right, so the the age where man defense is a dominant um is a dominant philosophy for defenses has kind of come and gone. Sure. And, and when you get that, you're gonna get smarter quarterbacks who can pick zone defenses apart at a more efficient rate. And so it's just a lot of things compounding on themselves into the modern NFL. The average quarterback is smarter. The average the average offense coordinator is calling different plays to prey on zone coverages. And um, a lot of in defenses have been sort of shifting towards more zone coverages because they can't run man as reliably anymore as they could even ten years ago. Absolutely
0: there's one other thing I will add, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that there's also been certainly... So what? What the last thing the article really notes is that analytics and the idea of being more aggressive has changed the way games look, right? Mm-hmm. So drives are just more successful because there are more opportunities for them to happen, and offenses have a better plan to go for it on fourth down, which you have to do in a two-minute drill, right? Yeah. But since they're doing it all game and they have an idea and they've game planned for this, they're just better at it. And also coaches don't burn timeouts as much as they used to. So unless you're right, or Sean McVay. So, you know, (laughs) there you go. But yeah. So the point is that there, there are a number of factors, as you mentioned. So you've got sort of, we're passing more and better. We are, the defenses have gotten, defensive trends have changed a lot and you're seeing a lot more aggressiveness on the part of, NFL offenses and that kind of explains the trend but it's really interesting because I frankly to be brutally brutally honest I don't I don't like that I don't think that's a good trend for football I think offense is good but when almost a third of the time a team gets the ball late they're gonna score that's not I don't I don't know if that's necessarily good I don't I I think that says a lot about the defensive environment that's just not it's not good anymore you know Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one, Andrew. But I think that the NFL needs to do a bit of course correction here because I feel like they've kind of overcorrected for I mean, what was a pretty offense-like game earlier on.
1: I mean, I think – and I'll reference two sports here to kind of make my comparison, uh, and one of them I, you're not going to know much about. But well, let's start with baseball, um, which I think you are very familiar familiar with and uh, mm-hmm. is something I think you'll you'll notice. So I think the NFL right now is having the opposite problem that the MLB sure. is having. MLB the MLB mm-hmm. has experienced um, sort of an over centralization on the three true outcomes, which is walks, mm-hmm. uh, walks, home runs and strikeouts, right? And what's that re- what's that what that has resulted in is less mana less men on base and less actual plays happening, less steals. So the baseball is staler because the three true outcomes the only the only uh, players that are interacting in those interactions are the pitcher, the batter, and the catcher. The none of the none of the other nine players on the field even need to worry about that situation in those three or two outcomes. Right. right. It just makes for more boring baseball because less plays happen. Now the <laughs> other the other one that I was going to mention is actually NASCAR. So NASCAR, this is like late 80s right uh after after a scary crash right and uh, the, right. the the nascar the nascar decided okay we're gonna start putting restrictor plates into into the carburetors and in the into the engines of the cars that were that were letting race so that there is a speed cap now in a rate in, in racing and the aim the the goal of this was uh to make racing safer right and sure what eventually resulted in this is because everybody was sort of capped at a very similar speed, uh, you saw you, – you see ca- sort of the kind of modernization of NASCAR where uh, cars, instead of being a little more spread out you know, because some cars were faster, some cars weren't, uh, and some drivers were more talented than others, and that's what helped them really get by.
0: Right. Now what right. you
1: saw was basically L.A. traffic at 200 miles an hour is basically Oof. which what you saw. Like bumper to bumper traffic at my at at these speeds, which was arguably more dangerous because if one guy get if one guy spins out or hits the wall or something, he's hitting like five at least 10, 15 other guys behind him. Right? Right. Because everybody's so clumped together. And then uh, later on in, in two thousand one, when Dale Earnhardt Sr. tragically passed away NASCAR decided to to completely change its safety protocols. so now there's even more restrictions on speed there's um, the tracks themselves are are built differently and there's more safety precautions on on the actual walls and stuff and there's more re- restrictions inside the car itself so you got like a different vest and all that all that stuff right but what right. that what that has resulted in is less exciting driving. So at the cost of safety, the excitement of the sport has gone down and that it, and that's been one of one of the very many factors that is that has made NASCAR's popularity just take an absolute nosedive over the past twenty years. Because back in late nineties, early two thousands, people loved NASCAR. Like this wasn't just a mm-hmm. red redneck in Alabama thing. This was this was an actual, you know, nationwide kind of deal people cared about nascar 20 years ago they don't now and i think with the nfl to kind of bring this all back right what the nfl is going to have to start considering is that they've been putting in rules to promote offense for years at the price of safety is coming at the cost of exciting defense or solid defensive play and for fans like yourself harry where you want to see defensive plays be made but you don't want to see big 12 big 12 football every week exactly it's become you're, you're, kind of
0: college football yeah
1: this is this. It, it's like texas tech against oklahoma now this is what our games right. are turning into this is like the the browns chargers game uh, a week or two ago this it, it also reminds me of that rams chiefs game that that where both teams scored 50 plus points right it's like there are no defensive stops anymore Nope. and you are taking what was once a very rare and notable thing of offense, and what was really special, and you're normalizing it. And that, and that is something that will, I think, might eventually become a problem.
0: Yeah. So that's just a little bit of an interesting conversation. But Andrew, we also did promise we would rank the QBs. Here we go.
1: Oh, here right, we go. We gotta, I'm so. We don't have excited. too much time,
0: so we got to be. We got to be brief.
1: Okay, so I we're gonna we have we're gonna have a couple of tiers here. It's gonna go from eight. Okay. It's gonna go from A to F. F is interesting slash notable backup. So this is kind of like your notable rookies that that are really deserve to be backups or um, backups that can come in in a pinch and are actually you know you can start them for a couple of games. So we're not talking about your Trace McSorleys of the world or. Um, will greers of the world Mm -hmm. right you know those guys aren't gonna aren't aren't gonna kiss a field in the next five years unless something drastic happens these this is gonna be like your high like your interesting backups that you know are worth talking about d tier d tier is going to be solid solid uh slash interesting backups that are maybe starting caliber you know so this is gonna be like young rookies that are really promising but haven't really shown anything yet. Whatever, right? You get you get that point. C tier is gonna be your average your average tier. Um, I think that kind of speaks for itself, right? Right. Above average is the quarterbacks that we would consider, quote, good, but it's like the good but not good enough tier. Right? Mm. And then A tier is the cream of the crop, uh great quarterbacks in the league. And then if I had an an S tier, I would put like the elite quarterbacks in the league. But we'll just note them. We'll just note them at the end, right? uh, All right. Is that that clear? Does everybody get the rules of the game?
0: Just generally: A is elite, B is good but not great, C is average, D is solid backup, approaching average, and F is just not good.
1: Just just quarterbacks that you do not want to touch. Now let's start. Now, the list that I kind of got in front of me might be a little incomplete, but um, I think it'll be good enough for our purposes. And this, yeah. is this again, folks, is to pair with our critique of another quarterback ranking that uh, was not good. So, uh, on, NFL, on NFL.com. Luzenthal's yeah, critique. so we will talk about that later. Now, let's start with, like, the actual just terrible tier, if not, okay. you know, interesting prospects. We're going to start with, like, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, RG3, Drew Locke, uh, let's McSorley? see, Trace, uh, the Kyle Trask. Um, I don't think Mc, McSorley's not even on 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 the Ravens anymore. Oh, he's not. Uh, no, he's not. Oh, this is outdated because it's got Alex Smith on it. Um, the let's, goat. Let's see, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is also sure. in this tier. Josh Rosen is at the the very bottom of this tier.
0: Who's Josh Rosen on now? I think he's 49ers? on the Falcons.
1: He's on the Falcons now. Falcons now. Okay. Uh we also have Ian Book. He's never going to touch grass. Um and I think that is it, I believe. Is that Mike uh, Glenn in there? That is Mike Glenn. Uh, is yeah, but I'm not even I'm not even going to rank him. I don't think he's even on on Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Now, I don't think it, I don't think it's even really worth talking about this bottom no, tier, I don't think so. Uh, let's, so let's not let's not mince words uh jake Fromm, kyle trask uh interesting backups have a little bit of potential but i'm not looking too much for them just a lot of physical uh limitations or um in kyle trask trask case uh, i just don't really trust his play style all that much he's basically Mm -hmm. gonna be he's basically young nick Foles, is what he is um drew lock all the physical talent in the world he'll never get it done uh it's he just doesn't have it between the ears i'm sorry um Josh Rosen kind of the same deal not as good of an athlete as Drew Locke which really sucks because he's also kind of got the same in play instincts um as Drew Locke he's just not a great quarterback Dwayne Haskins flame out um and then you have Ian Book who the Saints burnt to pick on if Davis Mills was here I'd put him in this tier as well like they just ain't it they ain't it yeah okay so now we're in The firmly back up to below average to bad tier, and I am looking at this holistically. So this is like just not only for this year, but also for like the really young guys potential to grow into something much better. So let's start. I think at the very bottom here, we're gonna start with with Trubisky and Foles at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's pretty. Yeah, they're playoff
0: quarterbacks, man. Okay, Hmm? playoff experience.
1: The only th- the only reason they're not in the F tier is because um they just they've just proven more than the guys in F tier. I think yeah. that that's pretty much it, really. Um I don't see much future for them. Next, I'm pr- I'm actually going to put Jalen Hurts here. I'm actually going to rank him this low because Okay. So here's my reasoning, right? Mm. He has just been awful this year outside of the week one game against the Falcons where he was able to play against one of the worst defenses in the league he has he, his play style has just not translated to the NFL and let me let me tell you why he he insists on scrambling he hates playing in structure he's always trying to play hero ball he is always trying to extend a play even when he doesn't have to and he just hasn't been able to do it. He hasn't been all that accurate. He continues to run when he needs to throw. He's been skittish in pockets. And he's just been bad. He's been he's been bad. All right. Outside of that week 1 game, he's been bad.
0: So, never well, a decent game against the Chiefs though, didn't they? It wasn't even most of that was like two touchdowns, 387 yards, 67% completion percentage. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I know, but most of that was him taking underneath stuff. It wasn't him making plays. It was him putting in the hands of his playmakers. Like, he doesn't wow me. That's the problem. Sure, but
0: I... Okay, so here's the thing, right? Yeah. I just don't know if you can honestly put, like, Jordan Love ahead of Jalen Hurts. I just don't know if you can do that. I agree with all of what you're saying, but I just think that a lot of the guys ahead on this list... Like Newton, who could do nothing but take underneath stuff, his arm was shot last year, Mm -hmm. you know. Or Jordan Love, I mean, these guys are not, they're not even the same, they're not the same caliber of quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a flawed quarterback, okay. But we don't even know if Jordan Love is capable of playing anything approximating NFL football. That's what I would say, right?
1: That I agree with you. Yeah, I think it'd be a little harsh, okay. Um, I can see that. Now Jordan Love through this is all a projection of him. That's the thing. True. Be, because if I'm being honest, he has he's going to have one of the best arms in the league once he's starting. He he absolutely will. Yeah. And I really do believe in him as as the future of the Packers once Aaron Rodgers leaves. I really do believe in that. The problem is we haven't seen him at all. So kind of the idea of of Jordan Love is what's ranking him so high? Now I think I will cave to you, Harry. Here, I'm gonna put mm. Marcus Mariota below Jalen Hurts. Thank you. Um, I guess we put Cam Newton under him. I guess because honestly, if you put put in Cam Newton into the into the Eagle situation, I don't think he does that much better.
0: Right. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean.
1: So I think we're gonna we're gonna put Hurts above Newton and Mariota. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Jordan Love above Jalen Hurts. And here we go. Here's the technical. Here's where technicalities come in. I think I'm gonna put Andy Dalton here next. Right?
0: Okay, you, I think that's reasonable. Yeah.
1: Do you agree with that?
0: I'm fine with. That. I mean,
1: maybe maybe we're sleeping on Andy Dalton a little too hard. I mean. Um... Honestly, no. We're gonna put Tua. I got I gotta put Tua here.
0: Yeah, honestly, I really didn't like yeah. Tua. So I think we kind of have yeah. to
1: put him that low, right? And then, do you agree with this last bit? Like uh,
0: Fields at the top of the tier. Yeah, I think Fields is better. Darnold, Jones. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much where they have to be. Okay. So I'm not really sure how you can put Zach Wilson not in this tier. I don't know. It's because, it's
1: just at, because I I love Zach Wilson so much more as a prospect than these guys. Yeah, I
0: guess, but I don't I don't know. I don't think he's played any. I don't think he's played enough good NFL football, in my opinion, too, to earn. Okay. Uh, his way out of that. That's my opinion. Again, I think we're very different. That you like to project guys, but I'm just kind of looking. I'm looking at what they are right now. You know what they've shown.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess in in that sense, we're gonna put we're gonna put. Um, I'm actually gonna put. I'm actually gonna lower if we're gonna, if that's what we're going with, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lower Trey Lance below Fields, just because that's right. He's so raw. He, I mean, Fields has been pretty raw this year, but Trey Lance is so like the thing is the thing is with Fields, he's like a, a steak that hasn't been cooked yet. Trey Lance is still the deer, okay? He's still living. <laughs> Like all the talent in the world, just he's not ready yet, right? I think can we agree with that?
0: Right. Yeah. I think I think that's a fair assessment. And,
1: and, I, and I do kind of have to start speeding ahead here, folks. So uh, let's get let, let's get it. We're gonna put uh we're gonna put uh oh my gosh I'm I'm blanking on his name now Wilson. We're gonna put Wilson at the bottom Zach, of the seat. Zach tier. Wilson. Um, yeah. Let's see what who else would I be putting in here? Uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, honestly, Jared Goff has been pretty bad.
0: I'm gonna yeah, are gonna now. drop him below?
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, wow. it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put him next to Dalton.
0: He's been that's rough, buddy. He's, he's been pretty bad. Yeah, um, okay, but yeah, okay. I uh, wouldn't even disagree though.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You can't really disagree, right?
0: Yeah, Roethlisberger honestly should not be Actually, in C tier. He's not oh, even an oh my gosh, quarterback. You're,
1: you're right. In fact, uh, he should be
0: below Jalen Hurts. He's been more of a liability than Hurts. Yeah, honestly,
1: yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um yeah, I know I I know I kinda have to start speeding along here, so uh, Yeah, that's all let's, right. Alright, all right, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Let's see here. Uh Trevor Lawrence
0: is probably in the average category. Top I of it really though. See. Yeah, he's been good, but he hasn't really done um, Mac, that much.
1: Mac Jones. Solid.
0: Um, uh Bridgewater.
1: Bridgewater.
0: Bridgewater is uh, Bridgewater is what Bridgewater is. Um Matt Ryan honestly has not been that great this year. He could be towards the top end of it, couldn't he? I'm not sure. I think I'm going to put him at the bottom of B. Okay, fair enough.
1: And
0: I think that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, that that is kind of it. So let's start ranking these guys. So at the bottom of the C tier, we're going to have Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Just because he hasn't shown enough yet. He's not
0: played very well. I mean, yeah, he's shown flashes, and yeah, he's playing on the Jets, but you got to play well at least a little bit, you know?
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick is also going to be next. Um, Yeah. Just inconsistent backup. We all love Fitzpatrick, but, you know.
0: Injuries, with me it's rough on him.
1: Next, we're going to have Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, who has had his moments, but he's still Teddy Bridgewater. So not too much to say there. Uh, I'm actually going to put Gardner Minshew ahead of – yeah, I, I think that's right. I'm going to put Minshew mm-hmm. ahead of Jimmy G.
0: Wow, that's a little high on Minshew, to be honest. I am
1: very high on Minshew. I love Minshew. Uh, I I've just, not
0: watched I, a lot of Minshew tapes, so I'll, I, I, I will defer to you there because I don't really like Jimmy G that much.
1: I, I just think he has more of an it factor than Jimmy G and about the same physical traits. But I also think he's a lot smarter and more accurate than Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's why I'm putting him in there. And honestly, the Eagles should probably turn to Minshew here pretty soon because Jalen Hurts has been so bad. Mm. So, and, and then yeah. I'm then I'm gonna have uh, Mac Jones because mm-hmm. he's just shown a lot more than the other guys. Then yeah, we're, no, definitely. Then uh, we're gonna have. Do you want Lawrence or Wentz next?
0: I Wentz has played pretty well though. that's the thing
1: he actually he's actually not
0: bad so by my standards which is more focusing on what are they right now I'd say Wentz is ahead but if you want to heavily factor in potential then yeah Lawrence is ahead of him
1: okay I think I think that's fair
0: so it's a real toss up there though
1: oh my god Drew Brees is still on this list oh my god (laughs) I'm so I'm sad now I'm sad now okay all right uh if Jameis Winston was in this was in this list by the way folks he'd be at the bottom of C um and i yeah. think, I think that's
0: okay so fair. let's start we can start dumping guys into b that's like kirk brian Tannehill yeah where, where are you Tannehill there you are uh, uh car
1: mayfield mayfield
0: Stafford no i put him you're above. gonna put him all the way up in a
1: actually no if we're gonna make this distinction we're gonna put um we're gonna put joe burrow
0: should be at the top of b tier but i'm not is he elite no oh there's
1: there, there's matt ryan there's matt ryan yeah um Here, let me add. Let me add the elite tier. Let me add the elite okay. tier. Okay. Uh, uh, No. Yes. Add row and above. Row. And we're gonna make that S tier. There we go. Okay. All right. Now I'm happy. So this is just the quote unquote good quarterbacks in the NFL. These are the yeah. guy. These are the guys who you know, you. They're they're fine to have out there. And I'm already kind of pre-sorting them. And I think you're gonna agree with with this, Harry.
0: I, mean, I love Kirk though, so you
1: know. Yeah, I do I like Kirk as well. But the good quarterbacks in this tier are gonna be uh and I think do you agree with this ranking that I already put him in?
0: Generally speaking, I mean I don't really like Tannehill. I like Kirk, so I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a toss up, but I admit that Tannehill has been more consistent than Kirk over the past so, yeah, couple yeah, of years. We're so, putting
1: in Derek yeah. Carr, Baker Mayfield, uh Ryan Tannehill, uh Kirk Cousins, and uh Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan.
0: Just, he's honestly kind of there mostly because he's been good recently, but, like, he's not played that well this season. He mm-hmm. should probably be in C tier if you're just going off this season, but he has been pretty good last yeah. couple of years. So there's yeah. still hope he can turn it around.
1: Yeah, and so let's start Let's start going a little quicker now. This A tier is going to be the great tier, and you're going to notice that this tier is actually pretty big, and that's because yeah. the parity at quarterback this year has been incredible. So, so far. So far. So let's start ranking these guys. Um
0: Matthew Stafford definitely in Matt tier. Matt
1: Stafford, Dak Prescott. Um, who um, else? If we if we're going to start splitting hairs on who the elite guys are, here's they're going to put Tom Brady in there. Ooh, here we go. Um, Tom Brady fans mad, but
0: I don't disagree. We're going to put Deshaun Watson cannot be in elite tier if he hasn't played in a year.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, he's at the top of it, though. That's the thing.
0: He's been very, very good played, but yeah.
1: We're going to put continue to put Herbert here. We're going to put Allen here. Um, Yeah, we're going to put Lamar. I mean, I don't know.
0: Lamar's been so good. He's though.
1: been really good.
0: Like, he has to be towards the higher end of A tier just yeah. off performance alone. And um, we're going to put... Similar, Kyler Murray should be yeah. near the top. Yeah, so... Uh, do, you, do you
1: agree that the top three guys are yeah. going to be Rogers, Wilson, and Mahomes?
0: Yeah. And in that order, I'd put Mahomes as the best sheer talent. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: yeah. So I think and it's Russ be... is the
0: bottom just because he's been injured. So yeah. he can't keep up.
1: But also, he, he's still really good. But, you know. Oh,
0: no. Absolutely.
1: So let's start ranking. So, top of the tier, cream of the crop, uh, it's going to be Mahomes, one, Rogers two and wilson three i think that's yeah. kind of that that's kind that can kind of be consensus i think the consensus mm-hmm. four because we are looking at this holistically um we're not going to talk about deshaun watson's situation once again but if he were to be playing he would be the fourth quarterback i think we can agree he on that he is
0: really he was really really good it's important to remember just how good he was i mean
1: and here is where we start splitting hairs harry so Kyler Murray's
0: got to be Kyler Murray and Lamar have to be next I mean they're Kyler, the guys who have been MVP candidates this
1: Kyler year. Murray Lamar and Josh Allen I think are the next mm-hmm. do you want them in that order I think I think it's okay in that order right
0: I think that's fair I think until Kyler Murray loses a game he can't be much he can't drop below Lamar or Josh Allen but I do think Lamar's been better than Josh Allen this year and then so I think that's right
1: honestly Herbert and Burrow have been better than Tom Brady this year yeah I mean that's and I genuinely don't mean that as a diss to Tom Brady because Tom Brady has been playing very good. It's just that these two guys have been playing incredible this yeah. year. Joe Burrow is the only reason the Bengals have won a game.
0: And they've won more than one game, which is impressive.
1: Exactly. That roster. What are they like? Are they 4-1 and one or 5-1? and one? They're winning. Yeah,
0: I don't remember what their record is exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then I think Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott at the bottom of the really great tier. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're 4-2. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, because I think that, yeah, I mean, Dak has played his way into the A tier. I don't think, I think at the start of the year, we probably would have put him in the B tier, you yeah. know what I mean? The like, High-end B tier, but still B tier.
1: Alright, so let's take a little recap, folks, of what our rankings are. Uh, so, at the very bottom tier, you know, the just complete garbage tier, uh, we have the the a, 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 an assortment of backups which uh, we don't really – nobody really cares the rankings of. if we, – we can start with um, – excuse me. Um, we have Jake Fromm, Kyle Trask, Drew Locke, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, RG3, Ian Book, and uh, maybe we're forgetting a, a guy or two, but who really
0: cares? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair, and, yeah.
1: Now, in the D tier, starting um, from best to worst – we have Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Uh, we also have Daniel Jones, and then below him we have um, we have Jared Goff, Jared Goff uh, Andy Dalton, Tua Tagovailoa, um, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Or, I'm sorry, not no, not oh, just no. Hot take. I meant Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> um, and the worst starting quarterback in the league this year. Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger, mm. by the way, if, um, if Taylor Heidenke were in this list, we'd probably, I'd probably put him like right under Jared Goff or right, right above Jared Goff.
0: Yeah. I think that's where I'd put him too. Yeah.
1: And then, um, after that we have Cam Newton, um, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Is that fair? Yep. I, I, think that's fair. I think that's
0: pretty reasonable.
1: And D tier, that is the interesting backup to high end quarterback prospect uh so there you go
0: considerably below average but not in such a devastating way if you put this guy out there you're probably not winning games because of him and he's probably dragging you down but not so much
1: yeah like not like you're all you're looking to upgrade but it's not an emergency i mean you can
0: win games despite him yeah but you're not gonna win games because of him.
1: and then we have the average tier which i i have as you know the average or really good backup in the league, plus the, the high-end rookie uh, pros- young prospects that we just haven't right. seen enough out of. So to top this tier, we have, uh, and this is a guy who's going to be rising all year, um, Trevor Lawrence, no surprise there. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to play his way back into the good tier uh, by mm-hmm. the end of the season. Mac Jones is here as well. Um, Gardner Minshew, I really hope the Eagles start to play him and that he starts playing well. Because uh, I love Minshew, and I really do believe in him. Uh, then we right. have Jimmy Garoppolo. We have Teddy B, um, followed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. And at the bottom of this tier, just because of his play this year, but honestly, if it were up to me, I'd rank him higher, uh, yeah. we have Zach Wilson.
0: I mean, he's in the Jets, so he won't be good till he leaves the Jets in three years. But no. then he might be good.
1: Then. Then he might be good. And then we have the good tier, which is uh, the really good quarterbacks in the league who um, is, are kind of in the position Dak Prescott was in last last off season where, yeah, he's really good, but you don't really you're not really comfortably giving him that mega contract right because he right. Does, he just he, he's not he doesn't have the elite traits or the elite talent or the elite play style that garners that mega contract or or you kind you're kind of forced to pay him because all the other options suck, right 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 right. And to top this tier off, Derek Carr, who I would have put lower at the start of the year but has been playing his way up, Uh, he might end up in – if he keeps playing like this, he'll end up in A tier by the end of the year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who I would have demoted into this tier compared to the start of the year, I really expected Mayfield to play really well this year, and um, he hasn't been doing so. And he's been playing hurt. Uh, Not a great situation. So hurt, in fact, that he's not playing on Thursday, on Thursday Night Football. So it's going to be Case Keenum starting which is going to be ugly.
0: So, oh, well, I mean. So, if...
1: so, unfortunate for Baker, but you got to do what you got to do. Next, we have Ryan Tannehill. Some people might think this is blasphemous, but uh, he doesn't. He just doesn't have that it factor.
0: I'm sorry. He, did you watch that playoff game against the Ravens last year? I mean, I can't get that in my head. When I see the Ryan Tannehill, I just see a not very, you know. He just, he's not a difference maker.
1: He just doesn't excite you, you know. Yeah. And then we have, um, Kirk Cousins, who I, everybody likes Kirk, but you know, just... who is
0: it again? I, I heard the joke. It's like, man, Kirk Cousins might not be vaccinated, but watching this Vikings offense in the clutch is a real shot in the arm. <laughs> 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 uh, it's not my joke to be clear, but I don't remember where I heard it.
1: And then at the bottom of this year, just due to his play, uh, throughout, throughout this year and sort of a lot of due to the respect that we would give him, um, we have Matt Ryan here Matt rounding, Ryan. rounding off the bottom yeah. of the tier. And now, let's start with the great quarterbacks. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in this tier now, which is great. Um, great for the league and great for football. Uh, so, let's start with the bottom. Let's go bottom up from here on out, Harry. Um, we're going to start with Dak Prescott. Play uh, played his way in. Played his way in. No um, other way to put it. Um, he, he's clearly a gear above what, what he was last year and what he was in 2019. It just... Gen- genuinely one of the one of the most pleasant surprises of the year uh then we have matt stafford and this is solely due to uh other players ahead of him playing on a completely different level but matt stafford is an amazing mm. quarterback and i think we all know the iconic
0: class wants to put Mark- matt stafford above tom brady but you know i really want to yeah let's do it let's just do let's, it. Do no, it. let's do tom it tom brady is now below he's just ahead of dak
1: and yeah. below Matt
0: Stafford, if we were really edgy, we put Dak ahead of him. But I would do that. I,
1: I, I can't. I can't in good in good faith do that. Yeah. And then we have um, after now, uh, Matt Stafford is ahead of Tom Brady. We have Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and then if he was playing, um, we would we would have Deshaun Watson rounding out the great tier.
0: Here, yeah. And, and I will say one thing real quick about sort of within a tier. I think there's a clear demarcation. You've got kind of Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, who I think are like MVP caliber players, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that Joe Burrow isn't MVP caliber. It's that he's not quite as good as I think Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? I mean, I there's a cutoff there. My, my will pers- he be? My, in my personal opinion, I think he kind of is. but Well, I would say that he isn't there yet, but he will be there very soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, and same thing with Herbert, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I just think that you've got, like, two sophomore quarterbacks in Burrow and Herbert who are very, very good. But I think there's still a difference between Allen, Lamar, and Kyler, and then Herbert and Burrow. Yeah.
1: And then our top three, top three in the league. We have number one still going to, still going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, That argument is starting to get a little weaker nowadays, but... He's still Patrick Mahomes, so don't don't go too crazy. You know he he'll he'll write his ship. Don't worry, you know yeah. he'll be okay.
0: Relax, folks. Re- Speaking relax. of relax, who's at number two, Andrew?
1: Number two is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and then number three yeah. is going to be Russell Wilson. And so I think that's a pretty yeah. comprehensive list. So I'll just roll down the top the the top fifteen one more time, and um, and we'll be good. So. Number one, Patty Mahomes. Uh, number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Russell Wilson. Number four, if he was playing, uh, we're gonna, and we're gonna rank him anyways. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Five is gonna be Kyler Murray. Six is gonna be Lamar Jackson. Seven is gonna be um, seven is gonna be Josh Allen. Eight is going to be Joe Burrow. Nine is going to be Justin Herbert. Ten is going to be um, Matt Stafford. Oh, here we go. 11 is going to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady. 12 is going to be Dak Prescott. And out of out of technicality, we're going to put 13 is, is going to be um, Raiders quarterback. Um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. 14 is going to be Baker Mayfield. And 15, you're kind of splitting hairs here. Uh, and we're going to put... Say it's Kirk like, just for Andrew. me, Andrew.
0: Say it's Kirk. <laughs>
1: You know what, screw it, let's put Kirk. Let's keep, let's put Kirk out. And then Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan are gonna round out uh the tops the top eighteen. But there you go. There you go, folks. That that is our list. Hopefully that is better than the list we talked about earlier today that just broke my mind.
0: Well let's find out, shall
1: we? <laughs> let's find out. But thank y'all so much for, for listening. Harry, would you like to close us out here?
0: Sure. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bubby's Brunch Buddies. Hope you've gained some Bubby Brewster trivia, maybe even a new perspective on the upcoming games, and an idea of why the NFL offensive environment has changed so much. Thanks again for listening. Have a great evening.